right, welcome to episode 56 of the Untitled Gaming Podcast. Today we're joined by Zach. Hi. Rick. Rick. So Chance was actually in line for Frozen 2 for like the, the third or fourth time. And that's when the, the turkeys attacked. <laughs> and he was mauled pretty badly. He is currently in the ICU. Yeah. The doctors said that he's in critical condition, but they're expecting him to make a full recovery. But he will now have a permanent gobble every time he speaks. <laughs> Uh, let's hope he's doing all right, and uh, hopefully that medication can help end his uh, suffering. <laughs> so that's where Chance is, and I, of course, am your host, Pat. Uh, if this is your first time tuning in, welcome. We are a bi-weekly gaming podcast that aims to entertain as well as inform. We discuss the biggest gaming news, game reviews, impressions, and talk about the gaming industry in general. Of course, we don't only discuss video games. We occasionally talk about movies, TV shows... Favorite Thanksgiving desserts. I'm a big fan of apple pie. It's a classic. You would, you sick fuck. Or Oreo cream pie. like Pumpkin pie is the answer there. I like pumpkin pie, but covered in a giant layer of whipped cream that you can't even tell that there's pie underneath it. Mm. You just kind of dig through the whipped cream and maybe find some. You guys have pumpkin cheesecake? Fucking delicious. Any cheesecake for you is delicious. (laughs) It's because cheesecake is delicious. Well, I understand that, but like... Anyway, pumpkin cheesecake. All right. Did you guys already go? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. We... Remember you called me a sick fuck? <laughs> I do. Vaguely. It was moments ago. <laughs> I, yes. I do it so much, though. <laughs> so, this week, we'll be talking about Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, we'll be talking about a new Half-Life game that was announced. And then we'll also be talking about the Game Award nominees. But first, what have you been playing? Zach? Uh, so, I've been kind of powering through some games so i rolled credits on the outer world outer worlds yeah there's more than one world there is more than one world um that was it was a great game but it was definitely more of a relief for me to get it done rather than like feeling like i accomplished something because i wanted to get to jedi fallen order which is what i've been playing the rest of so the who had the gun to your head saying you need to finish this to beat fallen order or to play fallen order is it myself <laughs> Phineas, like, yeah. Did you guys end up turning him in like super early? I was going to do that just to see what would happen. I, I want to do that on my second playthrough when I play the, as the idiot. Yeah. You can also, spoilers, uh, take your ship and just instead of, you know how you have to, not your ship, but take the uh, the oh, Hope, the oh, colony, yeah. mm-hmm. and drive it right into the sun instead of taking it where you need to go. If you have your intelligence lowered and you're like, no, I got this. Let's do this. <laughs> So then I assume you die with the ship. The game over, yep. Game over. <laughs> that is awesome. That's unbelievable. That's such I, a great game. I played it as like a highly intelligent jackass is how I played it. Did you see the uh, speed run where somebody beat it in 12 minutes? No. They turned, I think they went the turn in Phineas route and then they drove the, the hope into the sun. Oh, wow. And they were able to do that in 10 minutes because you could tell this guy had played it so much. Right. He knew exactly the things to to jump. And, like, he's upgrading super quickly because he knew he wanted, like, all the dialogue points and all this stuff. Right. How is that even possible? Isn't, like, the intro part, like... Skip all the cutscenes, obviously. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, like... Just breeze through the dialogue. Fair enough. He's played it so much, he knew exactly, like, what choice to make and when it's going to pop up and stuff, so... Yeah, it's Fair crazy. I, I spent 26 hours doing it that he finished it in 12, 12 minutes. minutes. <laughs> so. Oh, Rick, I have been playing, um, kind of had some gaming ADD a little bit, uh, Shadow of Mordor. Finally opened that up for the first time via Game Pass. That was really fun. I had a great time with that. Played some Fable Anniversary Edition, as well as uh, Pat Let Me Borrow Death Stranding. So I've been 
deep into that. Um, I've been really enjoying it. It's like you're like an Irish Santa Claus, uh, just delivering packages, making people happy. I would say probably about maybe 35, 40% of the way through, maybe. Yeah, it's there's hopefully 15. There's 14 chapters. And you're on four or five. Yeah. Maybe? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So barely through it at all. Thanks. Well, the, I think the first couple of chapters are, are really the long. Longest yeah. Ones. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so far, I've I've enjoyed it. Uh, I can see how it's a little bit tedious for some people, but visually, it's great. The soundtracks okay sometimes. A lot of Monster Energy drink. Yeah. There's a lot of Monster <laughs> Energy drink. It's just blatant product placement yeah like, that's a little the over the top i don't think there's any other product placement that's that right there but yeah I've, I've really enjoyed it thank you pat for letting me borrow it yeah the uh going back to the monster thing for a second i just find it so weird that he's constructed this world with all this lore and stuff there was an extinction event fucking humanity's on the edge but you know what monster fucking is fine and They're there's so it. much of it <laughs> and the fucking rain you collect in your uh thermos Becomes monster energy drink. <laughs> it has a filter that turns <laughs> this, this this aging rain. Like if you get this this rain on your body at all, you age. <laughs> yeah. But no, if you if it falls in your canteen, it just boom. You got monster energy drink. Norman Reedus drinks nothing but monster energy drink. I don't even game. see him eat anything either. Yeah, it's all he does. That's his well, only no, sustenance. The cryptobites. Oh yeah, little like <laughs> little worms. Yeah, like basically what you see Timon and Pumbaa eating. Like he's eating that, and then Monster Energy drink. So it's, it's from Age Rain. From Age Rain. It's like one of the new age diets out there. Yeah. Worms and <laughs> aging Monster Drink. <laughs> Honestly, I'm going on that cleanse uh, next week. I'm very excited. And that's not even the most ridiculous part of that game. That's what gets me. Like, what the fuck? Uh, so what I've been playing, uh, obviously Jedi Fallen Order, rolled credits on that. We'll talk about that in a second. I've also been plugging along on After Party, uh, but I kind of got distracted with Je- both Jedi Fallen Order and then Pokemon I've been playing. Uh, I got Pokemon Sword. Uh, have you guys started Pokemon at all yet? Mm-hmm. I got the bundle, but I had to like download Shield after. It's like Sword is the one you got like first. You got both? Yeah, I did the double pack. Why? I just felt like it. What is wrong with you? What do you mean? (laughs) They're the same game. They saw you coming from a mile away. I support them. (laughs) Yeah, so I've been playing Pokemon. I am at, like, the final fight. I just have to, like, beat the the ash of this game, basically. And I'm pretty disappointed with the game overall. Uh, I didn't expect to like it too much, but maybe it's because I've been playing Jedi Fallen Order at the same time as I've been playing this. You obviously compare them. So the game design between the two is like night and day. Mm-hmm. Jedi Fallen Order is like explore, yeah. do all this yeah, stuff. Like I saw you send that text message. I was like, well, this is a bit of an unfair comparison. They're two vastly different games. I know, but like, still, like, it, it feels like Pokemon has not evolved. Like, I'm still playing the same basic game from 20 years ago. That was cute. Yeah, it hasn't oh, evolved. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's. I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it more when Chance has recovered from his turkey attack. But. So far, if you had to pick one out of the two games, Pokemon and Jedi Fallen Order, play Jedi Fallen Order. So, just a little PSA for everyone out there. Alright, so our first topic here, Jedi Fallen Order. A fucking single-player Star Wars game. That isn't shit. That isn't shit. That, you know, finally came out, wasn't cancelled, and doesn't have a shit ton of microtransactions. It's like the perfect yes. game. <laughs> So, Rick is obviously waiting for Christmas, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
wife said, all right, no new video games till Christmas because we need to get you something. And I'm like, oh, oh all right. <laughs> they couldn't get you anything else. Get you more Game Pass. Right. There's like, a solution. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's more fucking Game Pass. <laughs> right. Like, So, Zach, how far are you? I am... I don't know percentage wise. I've gone back to Zepho for the second time now. I freed okay. I freed the Wookiee uh, prisoners and I've gone back to Zepho. Spoilers. So how dare you? My bad. Um, <laughs> you ruined my Christmas. <laughs> I went to Kashyyyk. And You're I, like the fucking Grinch right now. <laughs> can I say any? I went to a grass planet where there are Kashyyyk. Yeah, Kashyyyk. I, I went trailers. to Kashyyyk and then I've gone back to Zepho now for the second time. So I want to kind of break up the conversation between gameplay story. Technical verdict. issues and then verdict. So let's start with gameplay, obviously. So for those of you who don't know, this is a single player action exploration puzzle type game. So you are mostly doing the melee Jedi combat and it's kind of like a Souls game. I know that might turn people off originally because they've never played a Souls game or they're they not okay with like the difficulty curve, but that's something I actually found rewarding. Like I've attempted to, have you guys played any Souls games? I played, I mean, I played Sekiro, which I was told is like Souls. Yeah, whatever, yeah. So. But you didn't finish didn't, it. No, I got like a halfway through and I was like, I can't, I can't do I got, this anymore. I got half an hour into Sekiro and I stopped. <laughs> Rick, what about you? I played uh, a couple of them. Dark Souls or Demon yeah, Souls? Yeah, a couple Dark Souls 2, a little bit of, and then um, Bloodborne. Is it the same people or it's pretty similar? I forget the studio. Yeah, but it's was... it's still them. They're just taking that formula and making a different... Yeah, that was like one of the free games on uh, PlayStation for Yeah, that was months. the PlayStation yep. exclusive one. I've tried Bloodborne uh, and I've, I've also tried Dark Souls 2 or 3. I forget which one. But the thing about Dark Souls and Bloodborne and even Sekiro to an extent is once that game starts, it's just you waking up and then they're like, go kill people and Mm. figure out the lore to you. There's no like story reason that they explain to you right away. It's like, I'm sure you pick up lore as you're playing and stuff, but that's, what's good about this one. Cause like, even from the get granted, you have the movies to go back on and all the other like TV shows and stuff. But like the, even for this story, it's so gripping, like from the start. Exactly. And that's what keeps me going because we've, we've talked about this before. The story is what – like I will forgive bad gameplay. In this case, it's not bad gameplay, but it's gameplay I might like not – frustrating gameplay for yeah, Something because, I might not originally be attracted to. Right. I will kind of slog through that to get to the story. Because that's the thing with Sekiro. Yeah. Definitely. Like that's the difference. Like one th- for one thing, Sekiro is way more unforgiving than Star Wars is. Yeah, Star Wars actually has a difficulty. Sekiro is like, this is how it is. You, you, you have, have to, to You have to, to be it. good. Like You have to get better. Yeah. Or Star Wars has, it has the story mode, or story difficulty. Then it has uh, Jedi Knight. And then and Jedi then Master. Jedi Master and, and then, then Jedi some... Grandmaster. Yeah. And the cool thing is when you're picking the difficulty, it it'll actually you. show you yeah. what that difficulty does. Right. So there's like parrying time, enemy aggression, and incoming damage. Mm-hmm. And there's like slider showing you like the story mode. You have, you know, Bunch huge time, parry yeah. window, a lot Very of low, low damage. damage and low enemy aggression. And then Grandmaster, it's like Small you can barely window. see the parry window. Yeah. yeah. And then like and Jedi enemy Masters, aggression's all the way up. Jedi Masters, what I'm playing on is the most balanced. Yeah. It's just like straight down the middle for everything. Yeah. And so. it's it's basically like. And even that's difficult. Like <laughs> It's easy, normal, hard, like fucking ridiculous. Supernova or like right. whatever the, the highest difficulty names that they have now are. So I, I I played the game through Jedi Master Master, and I recommend people play on Jedi Master because it will take you some getting used to. Like 
the difficulty wise yeah. but it's so rewarding when you actually get through enemy encounters and you're like the progression is you getting better at the game right. not necessarily you getting like damage improvements or anything like that there's there is a skill tree but it's very little of like you know there's one upgrade that increases lightsaber damage that's it and then the other ones are just like abilities or force push affects people from further away you can throw your lightsaber further and you know stuff like that not increasing damage but giving you more moves and abilities and then you are basically getting better at the game and that's how you feel better the difference between because the last like lightsaber game that we had was uh force unleashed one and two right i'm I'm pretty sure yeah unless you count battlefront one and two, but no, I don't like really. as far as like single player story games are concerned. Yeah. Force Unleashed two was the, the difference one. between this and uh, Force Unleashed one and two was you were massively overpowered in yeah. Force Unleashed. At one point, you take down a fucking star destroyer from the sky and crash it to the ground. Uh, in this game, you are a Padawan who has escaped Order sixty six when he was like ten years old. So you are like nowhere near the level of like a Jedi Knight, let alone a Jedi Master. So that's why like I think it makes sense in the story of it that even these stormtroopers will kill you if there's like enough of them. Like normally if it's just one stormtrooper, that's gonna be a super easy thing for you. Like uh one direct slash is gonna kill them, or one uh bolt of deflection with your lightsaber is gonna kill them. But the enemies or the the waves of stuff that they do, uh, even late game, once you have like all your upgrades and health canisters and stuff, even four or five enemies, the same difficulty as they were at the beginning of the game, can, over- can overwhelm you and yeah. kill you. So it's it's definitely you have to play smart and pick like your your actual like moments to attack. You have to be uh, way more strategic. Yeah. Then previous star wars and they they've been saying like this is a canonical game where you're playing as a jedi and the jedi are known to be more defensive so you can't just go in there super aggressive that's how i started off the game with and i was dying quite a bit but then once you get into like the rhythm of it you understand like okay it's all about learning the pattern picking like the right moment i've never dodge rolled so much in my life (laughs) yeah i've been focusing so much on dodge versus parrying but even like the boss battles and stuff too, what's nice about the progression is that so I know we're gonna talk about BD one, your little droid that you have, but like when you when you see a new enemy for the first time, BD one can scan it and kind of give you information on it. Yeah, there's like a lot of lore and stuff. Yeah, way. it's really nice so that they you don't get that information until you like defeat the enemy. Mm-hmm. So like there's like a couple like mini bosses that you'll run into and you like on the fly have to figure out the strategy to defeat it. And then when BD one scans the the corpse or whatever, then it's like, oh, this is an a very aggressive like piece of wildlife so time your attacks accordingly or this is slow and uh very labored so wait until it does its heavy attack and then as it's resting attack it or whatever so yeah. like it gives you the strategy once you figured it out yourself it's and like, the like, enemy variety is there too it's not just stormtroopers it's like right and each planet you go to has Different, distinct yeah. wildlife dis- distinct flora and fauna you're not going to see the same you know, grunt rats that right, you see exactly. on Zepho that you see on Kashyyyk. It's mm-hmm. it's all like different wildlife, which is makes sense canonically because that's how evolution works. Right. And, you know, natural selection changes the way organisms evolve on different planets. So, yeah, I like the attention to detail in that. Also, like you're going to die a lot. Don't let that discourage you. That's how the game works. But every time I did die, it's like 
I wasn't pissed off that the game was unfair or something. It's like something I did, you know? Yeah, like, I like, always made a mistake. Like, Fuck, I shouldn't have done that. I mo- risked it. <laughs> yeah, most of the times I've died. Also, it's really nice if you like miss a jump or something. It doesn't straight kill you. You just lose a little bit of health and respawn. Yeah, so that's the way. So if an enemy kills you like directly and takes all your life down, that enemy will glow. Oh, and you all have to do is do damage to it, and then you regain all the experience you lost, and you force and your health. health and force and everything. Yeah, so, so that's that's a good way of like putting you back into like a difficult encounter. Be like, okay, there's like six enemies here. That's the guy who killed me. I'm gonna save him for a little later on, so I can right. get a little buff. Exactly. Get through this little thing, yeah. but. If there's so it'll go through a loading screen and put you back to the last uh, meditation point. Mm-hmm. If an enemy kills you, if you accidentally jump off the the a platforming surface or like fall down or whatever thing, as long as that little damage doesn't kill you, it, it'll take a little sliver of your health away and it'll put you back exactly where you like fell off, or like uh, like a little bit before, away. like as you lead up to yeah. It or whatever. So I, I like that that like platforming gets you right back into the game, but actual right. combat is what, is the penalty there. Right. Yeah. I think there's a good balance between like the puzzles, the platforming, and mm-hmm. the combat, which is great. There is wall running in this game. Yes. It wouldn't be a respawn game without wall running. Right, exactly. <laughs> I guess technically. Well, Apex, but that's what it is. Boss fights were pretty difficult. There's a couple bosses where I was like, fuck, I was so close, and then they kill you, and you know, you have to keep trying, but then you like finally win, and it's so like, Girl. yes, I fucking did it. And there even like just enemy encounters, a lot of sections like one section was ridiculously frustrating because they start you off with a couple of stormtroopers and one of those imperial droids k2so Mm -hmm. and a couple of other things and then at some point it's going to drop an atst but that point i did that one that point is timed Yeah. So the ATSC is timed. So you, it's not if like you can get through it quickly. Or it's not like you kill all these, then the ATST drops. If you, you take too, too long, long killing these things, the ATSC drops regardless. So that t- I like died like three or four times because, like I was as I was killing the people, like taking my time, the ATST would drop, and then I have to deal with like a droid, somebody shooting, shooting at me, at me and, and the ATST. ATST yeah. So uh, stuff like that where it, it was like annoying and like frustrating, but. It's just like such a minor thing out of the the entire game. Plus, there were so many encounters where I beat it with like this much health, and then he like presses the button and the lightsaber goes away, and you're just like, oh, relief. Yes, right. I did it. It, it kind of reminded me of Hellblade because Hellblade is similar to that, where like they're throwing all these Which, waves of stuff yeah. at you, and you're like going through it, and you got the headphones in, you're so in the moment, and then the encounter ends, and you're like, finally, I can like rest. And, like, it like releases, the music kind of stops, and it's just like, yeah you run into these meditation circles or whatever they're called. And basically you have the option to just go in there. That's where you up, upgrade your skill tree. You can't just do it at any point. You have to find one of these things. They're kind of like the bonfires in souls games. Uh, you can rest at any one of these, but if you rest, you'll refill your life, your force and your uh, health canisters, which BD gives you to re- refill your health, but it'll also respawn all enemies. So, I know that's something I, I assume they did that in the Souls games. They did that in Sekiro yeah, as yeah. well. So. so there is, like, throughout the map, you're going to be doing a lot of backtracking. So I recommend only resting when you need to. Right. Because it's so annoying to kill. Have to go through it again. Like, or kill, like, a little mini boss, like, for the third time because you're like, damn, I really shouldn't have rested there. Yeah. I, it's, I'm just so used to pressing the button to rest and refill. I got I, I changed up that strategy when I got to Kashyyyk. Because there's a lot of on Kashyyyk for the first time where it's a lot of like going through different doorways where there's enemies. I'm just like, oh fuck, I forgot I have to deal with you. Yeah, so you gotta so. be you gotta be smart about it. You're like, okay, I have like half health. 
But I still have a canister left. I can. Kind I still of have a canister. Yeah. Like, so should I? I'm gonna wait and see if I can get through this next section. Mm-hmm. You should definitely go to the meditation. Point. The meditation point because that saves the checkpoint. Yeah. You just don't have to. Rest, yeah. Though. Don't avoid the meditation thing because yeah, then when still, you die, you'll go all the way back yeah, to at the least, last like, one. Like you still go there and like sit there. Yeah. And then like leave again or something. Mm-hmm. But. And also upgrade as soon as you get the skill points because you're gonna get plenty to unlock everything. So. I found no reason to save them mm. or whatever. So, skill tree. So you get experience points for killing enemies, but you also get experience points for Exploring. having BD. Yeah, scan you know, stuff. scan stuff, yeah. uh, finding chests, all this stuff. So, kind of rewards your exploration there. I did wish the skill tree, and this is kind of an end game thing, kind of allowed you to cater to different play styles. Mm. Like you, you get. You guys have seen the trailer. You get a double-bladed lightsaber in this game. But it's like a... It's not the main way you're going to play. It's still... The single blade is going to be your main way to kill people. Mm. At least how I played. I I only did the double-bladed lightsaber mostly for like a lot of enemies that are close quarters to you. That's It's pretty good for that. And there's another upgrade you get later on. But it when I got it, I was so happy because I'm like, yes, another way to play. And then it's like one or two attacks that you can do with it. And then not use it as like the main weapon. So I was a little disappointed, but I think the sequel, if they flesh that out a little more, like let you have a skill tree for your single blade skill tree for your dual blade and another skill tree for this other thing. And then let you pick like what you want to main. That'll make that game that much better and like more varied and stuff. Force powers generally unlocked during story beats, not you actually using XP or skill points. But once you unlock the force powers, then you can spend skill points to like change up how you use them a little bit. Uh, a lot of customization options. So you have your normal outfit and then you can have like 40 different ponchos, different ponchos yeah. that you can choose from. A bunch of different lightsaber customization. Uh, yeah, you, can, like, you, can, you can customize everything from like the switch, the, the emitter, the, the, hilt. the hilt, the, the like, material itself. So you can change yeah. the from it being like Durasteel to like. And that's what I liked about this, because a lot of people I saw on Reddit are like, can I make Luke's lightsaber? Can I make Anakin's original lightsaber? Can I make Obi-Wan's lightsaber? Obi-Wan's lightsaber. People are asking all these questions who haven't played. And I'm like, yeah, you can, but that's not the point. Right. The point is for you to make your Your own own lightsaber. And that's I think it does that so well Mm -hmm. because it starts off as just like, oh, here's a little customization option. But then it works it into the story. I'm not going to go into spoilers, but... Make this your lightsaber. Don't try and remake someone else's. I've been messing around with a lot of, like, the material because, like, obviously the materials are different colors. So, like, right now I'm running with one that's more of, like, a green one, which is really cool because typically when you've only thought of lightsabers, it's, like, that typical silver hilt or, like, a black hilt or something. It is cool to see, like, really various colors and stuff with that, so... There are a lot of puzzle sections. Literally, at some point, this game becomes Tomb Raider. Like, literally, you're exploring a tomb Mm -hmm. and doing puzzles. And it, it, I fucking love it because that's such a great part of Tomb Raider. Uh, Some of the puzzles are actually part of the actual story. So you have to do them to progress. Some of them you'll just run into into that are secrets that are optional that it will give you more life or more force or other upgrades like that. So it's a nice balance between that and you should definitely explore because it will reward you for that. Uh, does the map do a good job at explaining like what, where you can or can't go, or is it just kind of left ambiguous and you're trying to climb up this wall? I think it's, it's impossible for hours. They'll tell you if you can or cannot go. Somewhere. Definitely. Yeah. That's the time saver because it's the map from Metroid prime. Like the, it projects 
the 3D map in the game, but it doesn't pause it as it's doing that. So don't do that in the middle of a combat encounter <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> or when you're like slightly away from enemies because if they see you, they will attack you while you're looking at the map. And, they'll, so. and on the map, it'll show you like if it's if something has like a red barrier, it's just blocked. You don't have the ability to get through it. Yeah. If it's yellow, you can get through. It's unexplored. So red will change to yellow once mm-hmm. you get that ability Bloody that red. you can explore it. And then green is like a shortcut. I think no, you green, make, green is uh, force. Power. It's available to be like unlocked or whatever. Okay. So yeah, yellow is unexplored. Green is like you have the power to go there now. And then uh, red means it's a door that's locked, but it doesn't necessarily mean you can't get there. You just have to find an alternate way to unlock yeah. it. So usually it's the shortcuts. Right. So you can travel from planet to planet in your ship. On an actual planet, there is no fast travel. Uh, it, it kind of takes that uh, you know Dark Souls or Bloodborne approach where you have the map and then as you get towards the end of the section, there's a shortcut to go back to where you were, but there's no fast travel. Uh, the map does take some getting used to because it's like, okay, I, you're on this level even or this still, level. I think I've played it for like several hours. I still find it difficult to use a little bit. I've Eventually gotten, I've gotten get used to it, but it, like yeah. I'm still struggling to kind of like get like where I was. Cause like there was one part where I thought I was on the right level. And then I had, I thought I had to go two levels down, but I like went a level too far or whatever. And I was like, Shit. Yeah. It does take so. a little bit getting used to, but you'll figure that out as you're going. Uh, eventually you'll be like, okay, I'm here as you backtrack through these planets and stuff. You're like, okay, I, I need to, I'm here. I need to get back to my ship. This is the way I'll go. And I can pretty much get to wherever I want on the planet now, because right. that's it's you learning the actual map. So, so let's talk about the story. I've beaten it. Don't 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 spoil no, it. No you know spoilers. where I am, and you know, he hasn't played yet. So no spoilers, but I think you guys should avoid looking anything up because I've I've seen a YouTube video with a thumbnail that has a huge spoiler in it. Oh God! So okay. try to keep away from that. Right. I'm not going to give you any spoilers here, but I will say this was not only a great story. It's a great Star Wars story. Like these characters fit so well into this world, and you can tell respawn fucking did their research they right. they wanted to make the story they wanted to make it work and it's i mean we talked great. about this before when we first found out that respawn was doing this game or like we as we, in the build-up to it we were like well if there's anyone you trusted with a story after especially after titanfall 2's campaign that was kind of the pedestal that we put it yeah. on and we were like well we know they can do a good story so we trust them to do this yeah and there's there's obviously references to the movies but there's also references to like the clone wars tv show mm-hmm. uh they add some new elements to it that are super interesting it's just the original characters they have like i want to i don't want this to be the end for those characters i want them to make another game and if they don't make another game make a tv show make a movie or something out of like the same characters because they're super interesting without spoiling it does it leave off at a point where you can just progress everyone's story more or is it like yeah so it's definitely a point the ending can be the ending or it could be like a jumping off point to a sequel but it's not a cliffhanger right so it's like this is the journey and that journey has finished but there's room for other journeys kind of cool like it kind of reminds me of an uncharted game like an uncharted game doesn't finish on a cliffhanger but it like the next one is a continuation of of the previous yeah yeah. so uh let's talk about performances so uh they're all well acted they do a good job uh i think the best like the standout performance is seer junda Mm-hmm. Which is played by Deborah, who's played by Deborah Wilson. She's great. 
She is great. Like, even already, she's like fantastic. And throughout the whole time, I'm like, where else is she from? So just this year, she's been in the Call of Duty campaign. She's been in Jedi Fallen Order and Days Gone. So like three major games. Uh, and But I'm like, that's not where I know her from because I didn't finish all of Days Gone. Mm-hmm. And I think I've played like two missions of the Call of Duty campaign. So I looked it up. She was on fucking Mad TV. Yeah, she was on Mad TV. And she was hilarious. I'm like, the range you have right now yeah, is right. ridiculous. So. But her character, she's like the one who kind of sets you off on this mission. And like her journey is like, I think, the most character development journey of the the cast here. Also, shout out to Elizabeth Grulon, who does a fucking phenomenal job as the second sister. Obviously, no spoilers. I am always drawn to the villains, and she is a great villain. Shout out to Daniel Rubuck and Tina Ilev. Ivlev. Ivlev. Uh, they they do they have kind of smallish parts, but they, they do a great job. And fucking BD one. Oh, such a good droid. Probably the best, the dro- goodest like, of droids. Yeah, like, among he's the almost best like a droids. pet. It's amazing. Yeah, not like, just in video games, in fucking movies too. Like, like oh yeah, like fucking on the same level as K two S O or R two D two. Like, play the game. He's like he, he's my BT. <laughs> he's, he's basically BT. He's yeah. my BT. Like, but like the the animate like. Obviously, droids don't say anything. He's got the little beeps. But the way he, like, jumps off your shoulder and runs scurries and, like, over scurries to, to, like, scan something. Or, like, the uh, the cutscene where you're, like, falling over and he's, like, just, like, pushing Nudging you, you to get yeah. up and stuff. Like, they get so much personality out of this little droid, little <laughs> droid thing. I love how you can talk to the droid. Like, whenever you're walking around, you just hit down on the yeah, direction. And and like, like, Yo, yeah, and, like, pet him. Yeah, like, beat you still there? He's like, beep, beep. Like, all right, cool, <laughs> just checking on you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. But no, we do have to give a shout-out to Taika Waititi's assassin droid and the first episode of The Mandalorian because that was an amazing droid. Self-destruct sequence <laughs> initiated. No! Don't you dare self-destruct! <laughs> kind of, I wouldn't say a bad performance, but one that needed a little bit more. Uh, Cameron Moynihan as Cal Kestis is just okay, I think. It might not even be anything with the performance, but his story is obviously building to something and then it kind of shows you what he went through and I'm like... Is that really that bad? Like, did you really you're kind of whiny now? If you're, if that's it, you know. Like, <laughs> I feel like that could just be you. It could <laughs> just be me, but I feel like if they had made a stronger like reason or motivation for him, like why it has affected him so much, I think that would have been a little better. Uh, it just it kind of is a misstep to me. I don't know. When you guys get to that point, we'll discuss yeah. it. But I think. Obviously, overall, the story's great, but like his personal journey, I think, could use a little work. If they do a sequel to this with Cal Kestis, I would hope they take more time in developing his character. Mm-hmm. There's one sequence that really is interesting, but it's not really expanded on. So, again, no spoilers. Right. But if Rise of Skywalker just completely falls flat, I will be happy that we have this story this year. And hopefully Mandalorian stays on track after that third episode. So, um, Let's talk about technical issues. I, I've been seeing a lot of people complaining about performance on the PS4. I didn't really run into too much of that on the Xbox One X. You're playing on the Xbox One mm. original. Yeah. I have loading hiccups sometimes. And it always happens when I'm transitioning into to a new area yeah okay so i have not a- not even for the first time though it's like if i'm leaving like a bunker and going out into like the nature wildlife area it yes. kind of 
So I've seen a lot of people have that same thing. And the first, honestly, the first day I played, I did notice a little bit of that, not to the extent like it's every area or anything. Oh yeah. But it's happened in one, it happened in like two or three specific areas. Are you playing off an external hard drive? Yeah. It's on my terabyte hard drive. Change it to the internal. Cause that's what I did after like an hour of playing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that fixed most of it. Maybe it's just the placebo of me thinking it did, Mm -hmm. but I didn't really notice too many loadings after that. Also, there was a patch after the first week. So make sure you update your game. And I think that has fixed a lot of the hiccups. People were talking about like frame rate drops. Yes, there are frame rate drops on this. There is a, uh, on the Xbox one X and then the PS4 pro, I believe, and probably PC, there's a performance mode. So basically on the X and the four pro it'll run. I think it's like 1440 P upscale to 4k at 30 FPS. But if you turn on performance mode, it locks it to 1080 P and then it's supposed to target a 60 frames per second. It never hits that. It, it stays around like 50 to 40. And because it's not stable, that causes even more screen tearing and shuddering and stuff. So I recommend just playing with performance off, mm-hmm. playing on the normal mode at the if you have an X or a Pro, and keeping that because that'll keep it at a stable 30. Even at that 30, I could. there were some times when there's a lot of stuff on screen, it definitely dropped. But it's not something that's as drastic as it was for the performance mode on. Another technical issue is the save points that people have been talking about. There are points where, like I said, you go through like three waves of enemies and then a mini boss. And there was a point where I died at the mini boss twice. And then I had to go back all the way and face the the three waves again. And that was annoying. Uh, But again, small issues compared to the big picture. Not something that I think is super annoying or, you know, game breaking or anything. Uh, people have been saying they've had crashes to the actual dashboard or the, the, you know, home screen or whatever. Have you experienced that nope. at all? Nope. Neither have I. So, I've had like what I felt like were like abnormal loading times, like being stuck in a loading screen after after I died. a death. Yeah. yeah, there is a little bit of that. But um, but loading in general, like once you're actually in the game, if you're not dying that much, yeah, no, it's smooth. It's, it's like really it's all, seamless. They thing. they've hit all the loading screens. Yeah, even when you're traveling from planet to planet. Uh, it'll say like which plane you want to go to, okay, and then it the ship, ship goes, goes to hyperdrive, and you just kind of sit there for like ten seconds. You can walk around yeah. while it's doing that, and then he'll only just say, hey, come sit down, you gotta land. Yeah, one, only when it's finished loading, it's like hey, come sit down, and then there's a little cutscene to get to the planet, and then you're on the planet. Right, and then the little transitions, it kind of does the same thing Uncharted does, where you have to like crawl through a little space, and then it like the camera zooms in on you, and you can tell it's loading in the background mm-hmm. as you're doing that, and then once you get to the other side, it it's finished again. loading. So. Yeah. Final verdict. So obviously I'm a Star Wars fan, so there might be a little bias here, but it's in no way is it a perfect game, but I think this is the game the Star Wars franchise needed at this point, and this should absolutely be the standard going forward. Like fucking EA give Respawn as much money as they want, as much time as they want to make another Star Wars game in this same engine, same, you know, formula. Style give them a shit ton more money than you gave them for this one. And for the love of God, do not cancel another game for star Wars out of my normal 10 point rating scale. 9.2, I think is where I'm at right now. Uh, there are a couple of technical hiccups or a couple of annoying spawn things, but nothing that drags down the game overall. And honestly, between this control and outer worlds, it's going to be tough to pick what my game of the year is. Where are you at right now? I know you haven't finished. So I haven't finished the game yet, obviously, so I'm not going to give it 
like a rating yet. But this is like the most positive and kind of like the most enjoyable Star Wars game I've played in a long time. I was really disappointed in the Battlefront games, like just in general. I think it was like, when I got to Zepho. Mm-hmm. Like as I'm playing Zepho and I'm like getting through like For the, the first temple. Time? Yeah, yeah, as I'm getting through the tomb, I'm like, this game is fucking hot. Like th- this is like shades of like me playing kotor back in the day and realizing like this game is fucking amazing it it really hits you like how deep the lore goes when you get there and and i'm like i'm a nerd for like the story behind things and like oh yeah if you if you're a star wars fan and you like get video games you should get this game yeah like the lore is the lore is great where they where they dive into is things that aren't in the mainstream necessarily that like a typical star wars fan wouldn't understand like i've heard about the zepho before but like not like to this extent Mm -hmm. or anything like that so um i'm really excited to like finish it and i've i'm much more gonna land on like the closer to nine rating how long was the playthrough because i know you finished it so i have a feeling it's going to i'm decently enough through it but. if you just do the main story you could probably finish in 15 hours but yeah. i explored like every planet and when i finish the game it tells you how much of each planet you've explored yeah. and how many chests you've gotten and stuff i was at like 90 to 97 percent for each planet uh there's a total of four major planets there's one side planet and then there's three set piece locations and I, there's no timer it's it doesn't keep a timer of what how long you've played but to my best guess i probably spent 25 20 to 30 hours playing it okay. i'd come home from work and i'm like okay i'll play jedi fallen order for like an hour and then the next thing i know it's like one in the morning i'm like fuck i need to get up in four hours right but yeah fucking great definitely go play it everybody what's the news what's the news not slow news Welcome to Not Slow News. It's a news segment where I read off news headlines very fast, and you guys have one sentence to respond. Xbox Scarlet won't focus on VR because n- nobody's asking for it. Good. I think that's a smart strategy. Wait for the market share to be there before you invest in it. Facebook Oculus acquires Beat Saber developers. Yeah, I really was not expecting that at all. Yeah, I mean, if this gives them more budget to make their next game, I'm cool with that. Tesla Truck. It's just the stupidest fucking thing. Did you guys see the demo where he's like, these these windows will withstand anything, and they throw like an iron ball at them, and the window immediately shatters? <laughs> it's pretty great. Tony Hawk is working on a new pro skater. Yes! Let's go! <laughs> so, I'm not sure if this is a remake or if this is a new game, but I hope it's a new game. Sony's PS5 DualShock controller revealed a new patent. Good for them. I don't see a light bar. I don't see a light bar. <laughs> new screenshot confirms new Fable game. I bet you're excited about that, Rick. Hasn't confirmed it, but it's confirmed it. <laughs> it's confirmed in my heart. <laughs> All right, that was not so news. Topic number two. On November 21st, 2019, the unthinkable happened. A new fucking Half-Life game was announced. But it wasn't Half-Life 3. (laughs) It was Half-Life Alex. Valve released the trailer for this. It's their new first-person VR shooter. It's their first Half-Life game since Half-Life 2 Episode 2. And I'm counting main games. I think there was a spin-off mobile game maybe. But I'm not counting that. So 2007. Fucking 12 years. 
people have been waiting for Half-Life 3 or, you know, a conclusion to this cliffhanger. And they're still not going to get it because this one takes place between Half-Life 1 and Half-Life 2. And you play as Alex Vance as she and her father fight the occupying alien combine. Uh, Valve is saying this is their flagship VR title and will support all PC compatible headsets. So that tells me that they are invested in VR as a whole, not just their index. Because they're like, we're going to support Oculus, we're going to support Vive, we're going to support Windows Mixed Reality, Oculus Quest, as long as you link it to a PC cable, Mm -hmm. and obviously their Index. Uh, They are kind of pushing their Index headset because if you own any part of the Index, so just the controllers, uh, any of the base stations, or the headset itself, you get Alex for free within the first year. So that's a little bit more incentive because this is a $60 game. It's going to be a full-fledged game. And that, you know, takes some of the hit off for buying a $1,000 piece of hardware. It's releasing March 2020. So, like, going toe-to-toe with Cyberpunk. But I think they're two vastly different markets and stuff, so it's not going to be a big thing. Uh, Valve also said it's the largest team at Valve to work on a single game ever. Uh, So one-third of the people working on the game have worked on a previous Half-Life game before, so... You know, I'm sure a lot of people have left Valve and are working on other projects, but it's good to see that they've retained at least a some number of the original team after 12 years of complete nothing. That is, that's good to hear. They recently did acquire Campo Santo. We've talked about this before. It was the first like studio that Valve bought and like, you know, expanded on in fucking forever. So people are like, "Oh, are Valve gonna make games again?" The answer <laughs> is clearly yeah, because they're pushing this pretty hard. Campo Santo, if you guys remember, was actually, they had announced in the Valley of Gods before they were bought by Valve. And I think that's why you haven't seen anything about in the Valley of Gods, because they're like, fuck you guys, work on Half-Life Alex. They said it's going to be as long as Half-Life 2, so expect it to be between 15 to 20 hours. They said some people will probably, like in their testing, some people were like literally picking up everything and fucking exploring so it'll probably take longer than that to finish the game honestly i I think just like vr with their uh the physics system that valve has in place with these games like oh my god yeah because they usually don't go like you know flagship on a game until they know like this is the tech we're working with and this is the one that's going to push gaming further like they did that with the story-based first person game in half-life um they kind of expanded on that with Half-Life 2, and I think that's why you haven't seen Half-Life 3 yet. A lot of people were saying, like, now that VR is out, do you think they'll push VR with Half-Life 3? Possibly, depending think, on how well yeah, this does. Yeah, I was going to say, like, if this, like, flops, then I don't think they do. But if it's critically acclaimed and everyone loves it, then yeah, why not? Then you absolutely you set, you set the foundation for the market, mm-hmm. and then you can kind of get after it with Half-Life 3. They did say it started off as VR experiments. So originally they were working on assets from Portal, but then they're like, this is going to fucking make people sick as fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I imagine, like, just, like, in your living room, jumping into a Portal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, even, like, even if you get yourself stuck in, like, an infinite loop of Portals. <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine? Everywhere. Like, when we were doing, when when we did your VR thing where you did the spacewalk or whatever and you get spun off. and I told you. I'm like, do you want realistic or do you want I, whatever? I was, I was like, yeah, I want realistic. And Matt was like, look to your right. 
because like earth or whatever was on my right as I'm spinning. I'm like, no, if I look over there, I'm going to get sick. I'm already feeling sick. I can't. I'm like looking fixated on one point of the thing. So I couldn't imagine portal VR. And they said it'll support mods at launch. Oh, of course. So Macho Man Randy Savage is going to be somewhere <laughs> in this game. <laughs> oh, God. I'm excited to see what people do with, you know, VR mods because you haven't really seen at least I haven't seen very many games that have mods in VR. You know, it's usually right. just like Skyrim. The tank engine. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, they do. Ha- they said people obviously asked them about any non VR version. Cause some games have done that where they say like the game, here's the game with VR. Here's the game without VR. It'll support both. I think resident evil seven allowed you to do that. You could play the whole game in vr if you wanted to uh valve has said they've designed this game from the ground up in vr so if they remove that vr aspect it's going to make it feel super weird to even do something as simple as open a door or whatever they they have to add shit to make that work and that's not what they're trying to do here so it's just going to be a vr experience don't expect a not non-vr version of this to come out so my question to you guys, what does this mean for VR? What Honestly, is- I thought VR was kind of heading to the trash. Like a fad? Yeah, but this kind of makes it seem like, hey, I think a lot of people are going to get VR and a lot of people are going to play it just because of this. There's that Valve fan base that is just so much up its own ass that they won't let this pass by. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I don't think like the casual person would like buy into it but like you're right the valve fan base and the people who've been dying for a half-life game are going to be like they're going to i think they'll go all in on it because they like this would be the killer app yeah they want it to be successful and they want it to be good and they like you said they don't want to miss on it if you've been waiting for so long and this is like the carrot they're dangling in front of you i think a lot of people are going to try to get after it hopefully they execute and they do it well because that could be a huge stepping stone for VR. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of people haven't jumped in on VR yet because they're waiting for the actual fully-fledged game versus so far in VR. You've had a couple of games or whatever, but mostly it's been experiences. It's it's either like the short five- to six-hour game or it's like this 20-minute experience, which has some really interesting ideas, but nothing that's like you haven't seen a, a fully fledged. You title. haven't seen like a grand scale. Yeah, I execution think of the game. The closest we've seen is Blood and Truth for PSVR, but that's you know on inferior hardware. I'm not saying PS like PlayStation is bad or anything, but that's running off the PlayStation, which obviously can't do what the Oculus and the Vive and stuff can put out. So this is going to be, I think, something that revitalizes. Because so far, I think it's it's been a very niche market. Mm-hmm. Like, I have an Oculus, and I have a bunch of games. I just don't play it very much. Uh, it's mostly like, hey, come over, check out this thing, this couple of experiences. Uh, I haven't really, like, sat down, like, today I'm going to play through an entire VR game. Right. I think some of it is also to do with, like, motion sickness because – like you said, you were talking about like the spinning and everything. Uh, the fact that you are in the VR headset and your brain is perceiving movement but mm-hmm. isn't feeling it in real life, yeah. that disconnect causes that motion sickness. Right. And people have coined the term uh, VR legs, kind of like sea like legs. legs yeah. Like as you get more used to it, the the more you can kind of cope with it. S- yeah, stay in VR. 
because at the beginning, I, like after like 20, 30 minutes, I was getting headaches and stuff. But the more I've played, the, the, the better that's gotten. I can't imagine somebody getting a VR headset and jumping straight to this and trying to play for multiple hours. I think if you... You should start off with like a smaller experience or smaller bite-sized things. I'm sure Valve has done something and like experimented with the the best way to play this that doesn't cause that. Mm-hmm. But I think people who have never experienced VR who are just going to jump into this might Run into have to like problems. take a step back and right. you know like actually experience it because this is a 15, 20 hour game. Like people who are super hyped on like if if it was Half Life Three non VR. That was announced and coming out in March. I guarantee you, people would take off work and play through this entire game in one setting or whatever. But I don't think you can do that in VR if you've never experienced it before. Right. So. Oh, just the mods and the physics engine. I think that's going to be groundbreaking. Yeah, even the trailer, what they've shown you so far, you're looking for ammo by like moving things and stuff. Usually, it's you going up to a box and pressing a button, and it's like, here's the stuff that's in this box. But this is the physical act of actually digging through the box. And no VR game that I own has really done that. There's games that have done like you unloading a gun and like reloading it manually and putting it back in and you know cocking it and firing. Uh, This does that, but I think this also adds that like exploration or like rummaging and everything seems like it's interactable uh i'm just gonna take a can of beans and throw it at people (laughs) and see what happens (laughs) oh god do you guys think this means for sure that half-life 3 is coming probably not for another 12 years (laughs) yeah probably zach has never played half-life nope okay so let's make this be the topic what yeah sorry (laughs) I guess the topic is now the fact that I have not played any of the Half-Life. Yeah, like, put down Fall in Order. Oh. No, don't put Get your shit together. Get your house in order. Don't you dare. I didn't realize my house was in disarray. At the time, yes. But if he goes and plays Half-Life now, will it hold up? Yeah. I don't think so. Uh, Half-Life 2 for fuck. Damn sure. I want them to re like do a remaster. That'd be nice, yeah. But one, I've gone back and played one uh, and two. Half-Life I one. will spend sixty dollars on one and two. So I wouldn't be surprised if they have other VR games. I'm not saying Half Life three, but I think they have other Those. VR titles in development if they're doing this because yeah. Valve owns Steam. They are literally printing money, even with all the whole Epic Store and all this other stuff going on. Right. They're making a shit ton of money doing nothing. So they have no need to make a video game. But the fact that they are makes me think they're committed to this tech. Right. And internal testing or whatever, they've figured out a way to make it mass market appeal. Besides just sticking the Half-Life license on it, I think. Maybe Portal, maybe they'll figure out how to do that without oh, make me sick. making everybody puke. Even but. just the thought of Portal in VR is making me sick. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be cool like if you didn't move around, you'd kind of shoot your Portal gun at different like you know walls and stuff like that and solve the puzzles that way. But, like, but if you're portal, moving around, like, you know, sometimes where there'd be like platform on the like all the way down on the ground, shoot your Portal in there and like up. To oh the, my yeah. gosh. <laughs> I guess you can't really see where I'm pointing on the podcast, but I'm pointing <laughs> yeah, yeah, different for, parts, parts for, of the walls. For an audio medium. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited, and I will definitely be playing this. I want to get the Index, because that's like the second-gen, you know, higher resolution, more field of view 
Valve supported one, which I think is going to be the best experience to play this. But spending a thousand dollars to play this, I, I think, is kind of steep, especially when I already have the Oculus. So I think right. I'll just play it on that. We'll see if there's a great sale, or if I can sell my Oculus for seven hundred dollars <laughs> when I bought it for three hundred. Net four hundred, cool profit. Hey Zach, you want VR, right? Oh yeah, here's seven hundred of my dollars. You a deal? Seven hundred of my dollars. Just Zach dollars. <laughs> <laughs> this is a picture of you. <laughs> uh, it's like in Futurama. Here's three hundred dollars in the form of a tricky dick fun bill. <laughs> community questions? Huh? So, Zach, did you do a community question? You told me not to because you said you had an activity, you jackass. That's true. So, if you were going to do a community question, it would have been something Thanksgiving-based because it is Thanksgiving in the U.S. Yes. I think we should do a Thanksgiving activity. I've pretty much lifted this from another podcast, so, you know, you're listening. And you're not going to give credit to that podcast? <laughs> no, I'm not because they don't need it. <laughs> Sorry, fair enough. So, uh, what we're going to do here is we're going to start with one of us. And that one person is going to start with A, and then we're going to keep going till we go all the way through the alphabet. And you have to say a game that you were thankful for, starting with that letter. Oh, God. And we just keep going around. And I will use a, a random number generator to see who goes first. That way you can't prepare. <laughs> one, two, three, and then I'll roll the dice. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I can't even think of a game that starts with A. Well, <laughs> that's, that's what these people will do. They'll be like, oh, fuck, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> this one guy who's like the neurotic one of the podcast he's like trying to think three ahead and he's like i literally can't think of anything that starts with m no I, i'm gonna i'm gonna think of stuff and then like on my way home and be like why the f like are there so many other games with that fucking letter i'm an idiot all right yeah. so one two three two so you start with a and we go around starting with a i'm going to say alundra for the ps1 Nice. Okay, so B, I'm going to have to go with Battlefront 2, but the original Xbox version, not the new one. What was C? <laughs> God damn it. Uh, Crash Team Racing for PlayStation right. 1. Uh, Devil May Cry for the PS2. Fuck, what starts with E? <laughs> EverQuest. <laughs> Evil Dead? No, that's a Enter the Matrix. F. Uh, FIFA 13 for the PlayStation 2. Or 3, sorry. Or was it 2? No, it was 3. <laughs> uh, G, GoldenEye 007 for the Nintendo 64. Halo 2, of course. Very thankful for that. Fuck. You went too fast? <laughs> I. <laughs> I can't think of any video games with I. <laughs> Oh, fuck me. <laughs> Indiana Jones? The game. The game? <laughs> yeah, Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade. Infamous? Oh, Infamous. Okay, yeah. Infamous. Uh, I'm going to go with Just Cause. Uh, let's go with Just Cause 3. That was a lot of fun. Okay. Uh, Conquer's bad for that scene. That's scene. <laughs> Killer Instinct. Orig one of the original fighting games I've played. Only one I can think of is Left 4 Dead, and I didn't play it very long. Legend of Zelda? No. Yeah, come on, man. Oh, yeah, Legend of Zelda. L.A. Noir. Legend of Zelda, basically any of them, really. JKM, I'm going to go with Metal Gear Solid for the PlayStation 1. N. No Way Out. 
That's a Puff Daddy album. No, that's the no. the one we played. No, right? th- we played Away Out. Away Out. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> NBA. Fuck that. <laughs> NBA 2K. NCAA. Fuck that. Dude. Why are all the sports games starting? NHL. Fuck. <laughs> Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden. Ooh, nice. Oh, Outer Worlds. Uh, P Portal. Paper Mario. Fuck. Paper Mario for me. I'm going to go with P. No, but seriously, Nintendo, make Paper Mario. <laughs> uh, I have Q. Fuck! God. Say Q-Bert. That's wait, all you wait, no, wait, what did you have? O, P. Oh, you have Q. Q so wait. I have R. I thought you were going to help me with Q. You're just looking out for yourself. Uh, there's Q-Bert. <laughs> Quantum, Quantum, Quantum Break. Yes. Very thankful for that. R. Thankful for Rick. <laughs> R. Rise of the Tomb Raider. Ooh. Um, S. Nice. Silent Hill 2. T. Titanfall 2. Can it be like a subtitle? <laughs> Uncharted. Uncharted. Uh... Yeah. Uncharted 3. Um, gonna go V. Valkyrie Profile. Can't even think of words. It starts with W. You can't think of a word. WarioWare. I was never thankful for WarioWare. I like WarioWare. Watchdogs. Good one. X. You were fucked. No. I played X Blade, Xenogears. I played this X Men's game. Oh, yeah. I think it was a mix. I think it was. No, it was like a mix of X. It might literally be called X Men versus Street Fighter. Okay, so I'm on Y. Done. How about Yoshi's Crafted World? Yeah. Alright. Z. Uh, fuck. Zen Pinball for the PC. What? Zen, Zen Pinball and I think the free table you got was like the, the space one or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Played that so much in my typing class. Alright, so that was our uh, little activity here. That was so hard. That was, <laughs> that was fun. so hard. I, I bet that. you the listeners are shouting out, dude. They're yelling at us for not thinking of shit, right? Like, yeah, we're yeah. saying that. They're yeah. yelling out games. Yeah, like, they're, like, <laughs> they're like, oh my god, how are you not saying this? Yeah. Kingdom fucking hearts. <laughs> you said FIFA, not Final <laughs> Fantasy. What the fuck is your problem? <laughs> you didn't say Dishonored. <laughs> you didn't say Super Smash. What's wrong with you? And <laughs> R came around, you didn't even say fucking Rocket League. I don't think I had R. Did I have one? I had S. What yeah. Did, what did I say? Oh, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Why did you play Rocket League? <laughs> <laughs> you play Rocket League all the time. I every day. Every day. Multiple I hours a day. Every day. Can I take it back? Nope. It's out there. Fuck me. Time for our third topic. Game Award nominees were announced. Uh, there's kind of some controversies and stuff going on with this, but obviously these are... The Game Awards, their thing, it's like the Oscars of the gaming industry. So we're not going to go through every category, but there are a couple things I wanted to go through, and mm-hmm. we'll do our predictions, maybe talk about games that got snubbed for certain reasons. Uh, it's not necessarily getting snubbed if they weren't eligible. We'll talk like, about it in a second. I uh, understand. Oh, we'll talk about it in a second. <laughs> so let's start with Game of the Year. So six games, Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, I don't think that should be on there, but we'll nope. talk about that in a second. Nope. Uh, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, mm-hmm. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, and The Outer Worlds. So one of those is not like the other. 
because one of those games came, came out, out in 2018. Right. <laughs> and that's where the fucking weird shit comes out yeah. in the Game Awards because basically the cutoff for... Nominees. The way they do it is they get all these news outlets for gaming and they ask for their nominees and then they tally up all the, the votes and then they get the nominees that way. So basically the the last date for release for a game to be eligible is November 15th, which is the day Jedi Fallen Order came out. But the votes had to be in the week before November 8th. So that doesn't even fucking make sense to me because right. it's not like a movie where when it comes out, you have to spend two hours and watch it. Right. A game takes time to a complete. shit ton of time to complete. And, you know, everybody works at a different pace. So yeah, it's just odd to me. And obviously super smash brothers came out in December of last year. So it's eligible for this year's game after the year. cutoff, right? But because the cutoff is November fifteenth, is Jedi Fallen Order not going to be eligible next year because it came out? It in just this came in that window? one little window. Between, like, yeah, <laughs> honestly, I think it's going to be put on the list mainly because Sword and Shield got released the same day, right? And they're not going to snub Nintendo like that. <laughs> Obviously, when we do the tuggies, we're going to do them in January. We're going to spend yeah. time playing all the games. We're going to do it right. We're going to have if it came out in yeah. twenty nineteen. It's a part of that. Exactly. It it. For yeah. the game, that's why the game awards are not the tuggies. All right. But this whatever. is this is the one time I will defend the tuggies. Yeah, they're this doing is the it way right. To do it. The game awards are fucking up. Because let's be real. I mean, actually, no, we don't know because we haven't played Cyberpunk yet. But that's such a tough, tough go at it for Fallen Order. Not only Cyberpunk, but then you got Watch Dogs, Halo Infinite. Oh, Halo Infinite is coming. It's oh next year. That's gonna be a hell of a game awards. Last though. of Us. Maybe that's why they're doing because they knew what's gonna happen. Oh, so Last of Us play. Part Two. Oh. oh no, maybe the game awards are doing it right. Like <laughs> think about all the games that are coming out. That's how are they doing that right? Just have it's just that's just, that's an immense lineup. That's just next year. We're gonna have that same lineup next year, <laughs> minus Fallen Order. But Fallen Order's in this year already. Shh. <laughs> what? Yeah, you can't defend their way of doing it. <laughs> Oh, you, the 2020 games are really great. You know you know what you've done is I was on your side, and by you explaining it, I'm no longer on your side. You <laughs> should have left it alone. Like, God. So what, what do we think? Any other games that you think should have been on this list that aren't? I really liked Katana Zero. Katana Zero is it's, great. But I understand it's, it's on the indie list. I under, it's, it's on the indie list, and that kind of like quells it for me, but it's just, I've, I really liked Katana Zero. I think Resident Evil 2 being a remake... Shouldn't be on there. It's Shouldn't not be a new eligible. Game. We're gonna start our own awards. And we're gonna have remakes be on their own separate list. That's true. <laughs> yeah, like that's the screw you guys. I'm going. Although, although that be, although that being said, when I was because you guys played it and when I was asking you guys about it, you guys did say it was just basically a completely different game, but it is still a remake. But it's like, still a remake. But the whole the fact essence that... of the, because we were arguing whether or not you could, we could even count this as a remake because the game was so different. Yeah, than and it was I, originally, and I've you know. Walked down a sandy beach as like tears in the the rain or whatever is playing or dust in the wind is playing. What the Blade Runner? But same concept, right? I've, I've contemplated and asked myself and the fuck are you talking about? God, whether or not move on, but whether or not a remake should be in the category. And honestly, I don't think it should. Just because what next year Final Fantasy remake which is a third of a remake because it's not even the full game is going to be in game of the year contention. Really? Is Super Smash there just because Cause when, when does it end at that point? Right. If they remake Witcher three next year and just 
upscale it to 4K. Is that now suddenly eligible for Game of the Year? It shouldn't be. Exactly. So I think we need to draw a line. I think we need to take a stand. And I think that's why Resident Evil is, Su- is Super Smash Bros. there just for Nintendo? Because I don't, I wouldn't put that up for a Game of the Year. It's a great game and everything. We but... did for the Tuckies last year. <laughs> did we? Yeah. Yeah, but we there weren't many great games last year, right? Like, yeah. Come on, the winner was an Assassin's Creed game. Shut like, the fuck up. <laughs> first of all, Red Dead, uh, Assassin's Creed, God of War, Spider Man. Yeah, there, like, there's a decent amount of games that last I, year. I guess so. Uh, but for me, last year. I think there's a definite winner. This year, I'm like, fuck. I like, there's so many good games. I can't. Even though I didn't finish Sekiro gameplay wise, that game was pretty good. It was it was pretty phenomenal gameplay wise. The game style, I like, could not find a way to break through it personally. Um, but like aesthetically, it was really beautiful. The gameplay, although intended to be difficult, was incredibly smooth. Honestly, now uh, that I've played Fallen Order... I could go back to Sekiro. I might like, think of going back. Now that I'm used to... Fallen Order was almost like the baby step I needed to get into Sekiro because I went straight into Sekiro, never played a game like that before, mm-hmm. and could not break it down. But after yeah, playing Fallen Order, I it's might, almost like the baby step. I might give Sekiro another shot, but... Um, out of this list, out of these six games, if you guys had to pick right now, what would you... Th- like Predictions right now. Who do you think is going to win? So I will have played Control by the time this happens. Will you? Yes. Because you told me it only takes like what? 13 hours? I probably, I spent like, I I did a lot of stuff after and I Mm -hmm. think you should too as well. But yeah, it took like 15 hours maybe. So that should be done by that point. As of right now, based on the games I played, I played only half of them. Because I don't have Death Stranding or Resident Evil. I've played all of them except Sekiro. If I had to pick, my game of the year out of these six games would be Control, I think. Outer Worlds is a close second, but the fact that it doesn't do much in the way of innovation, it is comfort food of gaming. And I fucking needed it this year. Right. And it's fucking great, but... I think out of of the three I've played, and I will have played Control right now, I would probably... Picks either the Outer Worlds or Sekiro. But because I finished the Outer Worlds, I'd go with that. But what about you, Rick? Um, I'm going to have my verdicts out until I beat Death Stranding. But right now, Outer Worlds. I, I was way totally hyped for Outer Worlds, and it did not disappoint. It that, did that is not a big thing. Yeah, it didn't just blow me away. The story, again, didn't blow me away. Control, I was fucking enamored with that story and the gameplay was so interesting and like you know the levitation and stuff is something that other games haven't really done this was basically fallout it was fallout perfect you know like good fallout which is great but in my personal opinion i think control edges it out for being the new experience we're not doing any sort of bets or anything on this but it'll be interesting to see what actually does win do you guys want it no is your horse I've owed far too many pizzas. No. All right. Well, we just won't do a bet. That's fine. Because we're already going to be having pizza in January because there will not have been a PS5. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're running out of time and Sony is letting me down. <laughs> this is the first time in a long time where I've actually felt like I was going to lose this bet. I've been so confident. <laughs> you should have felt not very confident when you made the bet. I was so confident when I made the bet and it wasn't until we hit November that I was like, we might actually not get this console this year. Uh, all right, so moving on. Art direction. Is that just best graphics, I guess? 
yeah. or art style aesthetic yeah mm-hmm. uh so we got control death stranding greece uh sayonara wild hearts sekiro shadows die twice and Link's awakening so this is actually a category i'm fine with a remake in because that's how a remake mm-hmm. yeah distincts like makes itself distinct from the original so right i don't think it's you know as like sacred ground as game of the year is so if you guys had to pick out of these what would you say Sekiro, Death Stranding, Death Stranding. Oh, the like the visuals in Death Stranding are amazing. Even like uh-huh. what what he does with the, like oh out of nowhere there's like you know all the, like with the BTS there's just like a river of like black and then there's a giant whale coming out of nowhere and it's just it's it's insane it's beautiful. There's that, but then there's also the M C Escher painting esque control. Control what you walk in that room, it's just full of clocks. Yeah. <laughs> they're just on the ground, like they're piled up and you <laughs> Yeah, and like it's not just the one room, it's like that whole section is filled with clocks. Yeah, Death Stranding was it's gonna be a toss up for me. I think I could see the argument for both control and death stranding. Alright, indie games. Uh there's Baba is you, Disco Elysium, Katana Zero, Outer Wilds. And the Untitled Goose Game. Katana Zero. Yeah, out of that list, I'd have to go with Katana Zero. I didn't play Baba as you, didn't you? I did. And it was a game. It, it, like it was, it was a word game, like a word slash puzzle game. It was really fun. It was like really relaxing. It's more mentally stimulating, just like figuring out puzzles and stuff like that. But Katana Zero was a game I could not put down. It was excellent. Yeah, I think two sittings and I beat that game because yeah. I was just... It was a lot of fun, and the replayability actually isn't too bad on it either. Mm-hmm. But I've yet to play just about any of the other ones. I'm likely going to get the Entitled Goose game very soon for the Switch, because I've heard nothing but a lot of fun things about that game. I have too, but it it's, it seems like it's just a meme machine, and isn't going to be that great to play. I, from what I've heard, you can beat it in like an hour, and it's just you being a troll of the game. Yeah, so. There's some, like, some Metal Gear uh, aspects to it too, so... Cool. Yeah. Where the fuck is Observation? That definitely deserves to be on that list. I watched you play part of that, right? Or was that Observer? That I might have been Observer. That's, that's a different game. Observation is the one where you are playing as basically Hal from 2001 Space Odyssey. You're on that space station and you are going from... You're the AI going from camera to camera and there's sections where you take control of like a mobile camera and like you're moving around in space in 3D and the story is super interesting and it's like high sci-fi and the ending is just so great and it's got like puzzles and all this stuff uh go back and listen to that podcast where i talk about it absolutely should be on this list i have no idea the only thing i can think of is not enough people played it because it was kind of one of those where it was super underrated because not a lot of people had heard about it but definitely i think should be on the list but yeah out of this this list here i'd have to go with katana zero best narrative so we have Plague Tale Innocence, Control, Death Stranding, a Disco Elysium, and The Outer Worlds. Yeah, so I haven't played Plague Tale Innocence, but I've heard good things about it. Disco Elysium actually came out of nowhere. I hadn't heard about it until the nominees, and I did some research on it. It's like an old-school RPG. It's PC only. Indie developer, but apparently it has like some very intricate dialogue options and caters to different play styles and... 
it looks very interesting. It's definitely on my list to play before January. So, Death Stranding, I don't think should be in this category. The game's all narrative. <laughs> I know, but even the narrative is convoluted, and we'll we'll talk about it when you finish it. But I think it is, it's a little smug in its execution. I think. No way. <laughs> and uh, Outer Worlds. When I, I think of that, I don't think of narrative. Right. I'm surprised really. that's there too. I think maybe because like the the dialogue and like the the, the performances the performances are great. The the lore is kind of I guess for the fact get, that it the gets narrative deep and interesting based yeah. on your choices. I think it's I think it's I uh, could see that its fluidity and its adaptability is really impressive. Yeah. Um, so I could see I could understand why it would be there from that aspect from a, but like an overall story arch kind of story arc rather story kind of, arch. story arch story arc. Um, it it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. You kind of just talked me into it because I'm like, yeah, the narrative changes to how you play and like you can literally kill anybody yeah. except like one character and right. you turn him in right away. Like, the narrative adapts to that. Yeah. So it's ability to do that is what's most impressive. Yeah. I, how, I, how deep they've gone into it. I right. now understand why Outer Worlds is on here. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I guess, also, I've also just explained it myself. Like I guess the, the, the way I think of the narrative is the story, story. I experienced. Right. But then when I think about like if you played through it multiple times, mm-hmm. that's a different narrative basically every time. So. All right, fuck it. Let's give it to Outer Worlds then. <laughs> <laughs> I'd still, out of this gun to my head today, I'd have to pick Control. I Having not played Playtale Innocence or Disco Elysium, but you're going to say Outer Worlds? Mainly yeah. because I haven't played any of the other ones. So and I'm going to say Death Stranding to this point, Matt, just because it's, there's so much to it. It's really hard to describe to just about anybody. Like, yeah, the rain makes you age, and there's giant squid black shit that comes... Yeah, it, it's it's insane, but it all kind of makes sense to itself. So, uh, performance is the next category here. So, we got Ashley Birch as uh, Pravati Holcomb in Outer Worlds. You got Courtney Hope as Jesse Fadden in Control. Laura Bailey as Kat Diaz in Gears 5. Mads Mikkelsen as Cliff in Death Stranding. Uh, Matthew Peretta as Dr. Casper Darling in Control, and Norman Reedus as Sam Porter Bridges in Death Stranding. Having played Death Stranding, Norman Reedus is the bottom of the list as the people I would nominate for performance. Yep. Uh, I, I definitely I agree with Mads Mikkelsen. I would also nominate uh, Margaret Qualey for Mama. Yeah, so out of, out of these, what's your guys' prediction here? Um. I've heard great things about, even though I'm playing uh, Courtney Hope, like a lot of people Control, think she yeah. was excellent. Uh, Ashley Birch for Parvati was great in the Outer Worlds. She's her definitely dialogue the standout was, performance. Yeah, her dialogue is very natural, delivered well. But I've like everywhere like I've seen about where people have been talking about performances has been. Okay. I've seen most about Jesse mm-hmm. Fadden, but like you said, you've heard good things about Courtney Hope. Uh, I've seen good things from Courtney Hope, so. There's that. Rick, what about you? Who do you think is going to take it? Honestly, um, I would agree with uh, Norman Reedus not doing so hot on this list. But uh, so far, has- Mads has been like in the game. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not that far to know like what he's about. But every performance I've seen so far has been great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Norman Reedus has very few lines to begin with. And I don't know. Even those aren't delivered particularly yeah, especially well. Especially like between like Outer Worlds and Walking Dead. Like I'm used to just 
these dialogue options. So I'm just sitting there and the cutscene is happening. I'm like, wait, I haven't responded to any of these things at all. And he just doesn't say a fucking word. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm the only one who's played Gears 5 here, but Laura Bailey does a great job as Cat Diaz. I played Gears. I played like I'm halfway through the first mission. <laughs> yeah. We don't even get to play as Cat yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm some dude. Yeah, but uh, Laura Bailey does a great job. Obviously, Courtney Hope. We've already talked about Ashley Birch. Uh, Matthew Peretta, for someone who's in that game, not that much. He does great jobs as like. Dr. Casper Darling in the videos you're seeing yeah. and not no spoilers for Zach, but there's a part in late game that is just fucking awesome where I'm like, this game is going all out and I fucking love it. So I'm glad he's on there. All right. Score music. There's cadence of Hyrule, uh, death stranding devil may cry five kingdom hearts three and sayonara wild hearts. I have played one game on this list. Yeah, likewise. <laughs> I've played none of these games. I'm just going to give it to Cadence of Hyrule. It, well, has, my late, it good, has my favorite name. The good thing this. about this category is we can actually listen to the music without playing the game. That is true. <laughs> and then see. But We yeah, will do that I've at a later date. <laughs> I've heard good things about Cadence of Hyrule. Kingdom Hearts 3, I'd never I just said a bunch of J-pop shit. Yeah. That's what those kids love. Devil May Cry 3, I don't really see as a game Five. with what I said. <laughs> the next odd number. How did you play it off like that so naturally? That's what I said. Like, no. I, I I own the game. That was because... so nonchalant for me. You did that so seamlessly. I said that. You said plenty of practice. Clearly. <laughs> anyway, Sinar Wild Hearts is mostly music, so I think that's going to take it, even though I haven't listened to that music. <laughs> So that's my right. analysis. That's my logic. What what do you what would you nominate in this category? Super Smash. Yeah, this is one where if Super Smash is eligible, how the fuck is yeah, it not on this list? Super Smash would definitely be the one for me. Jedi Fallen Order, I think. It it has that fucking Star Wars classic music with like just great each planet has its own like fucking music and it just does that so well of like pumping up the moment no spoilers they death strandings music like death stranding is every once in a while you'll get like these these songs that just kind of get in your head a little bit and it's usually like the on... main theme song from the trailer which is like bb's theme or whatever they called it is actually on my list of songs and very few game songs make that right. so and right. chance was here i'm sure he'd say something about kingdom hearts 3 but those turkeys got him He's not dead. He's just in the ICU. He'll be fine. Back you don't know up. he's going to make it. He's going to make it, man. <laughs> it's not in the probably going to get better care unit. <laughs> That's shit's <true>. intensive. <laughs> I missed my chance. Uh, we all miss our chance. You, you got no chance. <laughs> no chance in hell. <laughs> anyway, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the actual announcements that we think are going to happen because that, like we said, that is a big part of the game awards. Mm -hmm. So... What, what are we thinking? Batman game? Maybe? Finally? Hopefully? Please? <laughs> Please? I'm going to say... I'm going to say Fable, finally. Fable? You think they do it at the Game Awards? Probably not. I think that... would be nice. I was really hoping for it at uh, XO19, but... You already know what's coming. PS5 announcement. That's at the game. 
in stores now. <laughs> I, I am putting all of my eggs in that final basket. <laughs> you have no more baskets left. This is the last basket. You have it's no the, more eggs. Then. It's the saving grace. I saved one egg, the final <laughs> egg for this goddamn basket. <laughs> Uh, there was also that uh, Wizarding World game that was leaked a while ago that we have not heard, heard nothing anything about. about since. Like, I'm really hoping that's real. And both of those are WB games, though. So I don't know if WB comes super hard at Game Awards. WB. <laughs> they have in the past. I think one of the Batman Arkham City might have been announced. Last of Us was originally announced at a Game Awards. So maybe Sony comes in with something. Like a console, perhaps. Out of fucking nowhere, Death Stranding 2. <laughs> hey, hey, I, I called... um. No, maybe... Um, I called a new Zelda game for E3 and Breath of the Wild 2. They, they did buy Insomniac, so maybe Insomniac's next game. Ooh. After Spider-Man, maybe Spider-Man 2? No, actually, Spider-Man 2 makes a lot of sense because they have the engine, they have the city. It's not going to be in a different city besides New York. Could go far from home. Spider-Man 2 in Tokyo. <laughs> Spider-Man just hanging out in San Francisco. Avengers are like, no, we got San Francisco. What are they called? Oh, no. Ninja They're Monkey. They're a small town without any skyscrapers. <laughs> He's just running around. <laughs> Spider-Man in Albuquerque. <laughs> we, we did not think this one through. And we apologize. He's uh, swinging by cactus. <laughs> like cacti. Cacti, god damn it. <laughs> Nick Fury's up there. Like, oh, yeah, I just got a couple of hella jets. <laughs> swinging off of those. Maybe Fable from Microsoft, but what about Nintendo? Maybe maybe Paper Mario? Come on, Nintendo. This is the perfect time. You've had so many opportunities. I think it's more likely that a PS5 gets announced. I do not think it's more likely in any scenario. There's been a Half-Life game announced before. Before you know, I know. That's a game. What the fuck? I think at this point, it's honestly... I, I, they're doing it just to spite you. <laughs> Clearly, somebody at Nintendo is listening. If you are, the big give man us, himself, the give evil us, Bowser. Give us review copies if you're listening. The man you worship, Bowser. The greatest Doug of Bowser. all supervillains. Yeah, but December 12th, we will find out if we were right. And hopefully Paper Mario gets announced because that's when the game awards are. Support subtitles. Wow. <laughs> So for those of you who don't know, Subpar Subtitles is a game we like to end the podcast with. Uh, we basically take the principle that game developers like naming their game with name the franchise colon subtitle, and that's S-U-B hyphen T-I-T-L-E. Uh, so basically, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And basically, I create a fake subtitle, and then I find four real subtitles, and then I mix them all up, and I give them to our panel here, and... Their job is to figure out which one is the fake one. We've been keeping a running tally, and the scores are... Chance with 22, Zach with 31, and Rick with 41. Strong lead there. Not not impossible for Zach, but pretty damn unlikely. Are we, we ready? Yes, sir. All right, so, at the races, Cold Soul... The Beast Within, Night War, one word, and LeChuck's Revenge. So I'll say those one more time for those of you listening at home. At the Races, Cold Soul, The Beast Within, Night War, and LeChuck's Revenge. 
So, Rick, we'll start with you. Let's go with um, Cold Soul. B for Rick. I want to go with Cold Soul, but I have to do something different for the sake of mathematics. <laughs> so I will go with fucking hell. That's <laughs> not an option. <laughs> I will go with C, Beast Within. Beast Within. So now the twist. So you basically have the option to keep your answers, and you will get three points if that is correct. Or you can say that they were all real or that they were all fake. And if that is indeed the case, you will get double the points for a total of six. So, Zach, what will you do? I'm going to go all real. Zach is going all real. I have to for math. <laughs> I have to for the math, so I have to go for it. Rick? I'm going all fake. Rick is going all fake. Oh, God, no! <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. All right. So, at the races... Not a real game. Oh, God, no. Not like this. <laughs> Van Brace. Damn it. Cold oh. Soul. Real game. Relief. <laughs> it's like relief. <laughs> Gabriel Knight 2, The Beast Within. Real game. Battle Chasers. Night War. Night War. <laughs> real game. Monkey Island 2, LeChuck's Revenge. Like, yeah, I damn near shit myself. <laughs> like, when you, like when you said the first one was fake, I was like, oh, my God, they're all fake. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> you would have just gotten so far ahead. Uh, oh, man. So the points don't change. Mm -mm. So the turkeys couldn't stop Chance from... Falling behind? Yeah. More, like <laughs> From being pecked out of the running. You're done. God damn it. You're done. <laughs> this whole time I'm trying to think of a turkey pot. <laughs> so thanks for listening. That was our show. Uh, remember, you can catch us... Every other Monday on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. You can reach us with any questions, comments, concerns. Talk about how Zach's never going to finish these games at the Untitled Gaming Podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us at TugPod, T U G P O D, on Twitter and on Instagram at T U G underscore P O D. We ask that you subscribe and leave us reviews. Five-star reviews for us. And one-star reviews for every other podcast. Stop making noise. <laughs> God damn. There's no way to put this coin down without Just stop noise. touching it. <laughs> There's no reason to pick it up.